the Business Buzz Podcast. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on Voice of Fits. If uh, that's Voice of Fits, that's for our FM 88.1. Now we are broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Murio Mob Justice Kavaz and I'll be your host until about 8pm. Who's to say that uh, the world of business can't be entertaining? Make sure you hold on to your seats as we unpack and keep you entertained, educated and intrigued. The Business Buzz is proudly brought to you by ABSA. So for today's show, we are going to be discussing uh, what it means to pitch to investors, uh, because as we all know, there are a lot of there are many funding op- opportunities and initiatives in South Africa, uh, with some of the most popular being government initiatives such as uh, the NYDA or the SEFA, right? Uh, but how do you entrepreneurs actually best prepare themselves to actually pitch to these investors or actually communicate their business ideas how do they get funding how do they speak in a way or how do they present their business models and their business ideas in a way um, that actually inspires some type of confidence for the market and gets people to give them money and invest in what they want to do so we're going to be having um, some discussions um, this today and we're going to be talking um, on the phone with uh, Glenn Cook who is uh, from uh, uh, Glenn Cook we're also going to be having a discussion with uh, Jason Paul who is part of uh, Alibaba for those that don't know Alibaba Alibaba is one of the biggest internet companies in the world and we're having um, Jason Paul who is from Jack Ma's uh, uh, chief of staff and a, a senior director at Alibaba who's going to be talking to us about the Africa Netpreneur Prize which they launched um, the the week in South Africa so make sure you tune in for that so that's how our show is going to be looking as I said we are here until about uh 7 p.m. Also coming up on the show, we're going to be giving you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news on our business wrap with Ken Swettenham. And then on the other side of that, we will get into um, our Buffalo Index where we let you know um, the week's uh, uh, top trending um, 100 Rand news. Uh, what can your 100 Rand do for you and what can your 100 Rand get you on today, the 11th of April? Remember that you can keep in touch with us on social media Media. We are Vow FM, that's the voice of Vitz on Facebook. You can also find our other Facebook page, that's uh, the Vitz Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at Vow FM. Our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. And then our WhatsApp line is 0840784912. You can even stream the station live on vowfm.co.za. And remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz show are available on vitz.journalism.co.za forward slash business. Make sure you keep it locked. We are here until about 8 p.m. On the other side of this, we get into our business wrap. Business wrap with Ken Sweatman. It's time for us to give you the week's top trending business and economics news with our business wrap. And on the line, we are joined by financial expert um, Ken Sweatman to unpack the week's top trending business and economics news. How are you, Ken? Hi, good evening. Um, I was just saying, how are you and how has been your week? Yes, I'm, I'm very well. Sorry, I'm, I, the, the line is very faint this evening. I, I don't know if you can speak up a bit. Okay, I, I think uh, hopefully I'm a bit clearer now. Oh, yes, yes, that, that is a bit clearer. <laughs> okay, so for this week, um, it's it's been a relatively slow week in the market. I think uh, the biggest news um, at the moment is just um, how much the, the RAND has strengthened in the last couple of days. I think it actually breached um, the 14 RAND mark uh, going into sub-14 RAND territory, I think, yesterday. Um, could you just unpack for us what some of these issues um, are? Are they? Did we do anything, or is it all international? Well, to be honest with you, Madiba, we never do anything. The, the <laughs> rand is a very small currency by world standards, and uh, when the rand moves nine times out of ten, it's because of outside forces and not what's happening in South Africa. Yeah. You're quite right. It did dip under the 14 to the dollar mark uh, yesterday and the day before. This morning, uh, or rather today, it went back above 14. It weakened very slightly today, but nothing serious. Uh, when I looked uh, a couple hours ago, it was sitting at 14.03 to the dollar. 
But the reason for that is because of dollar weakness. And when the dollar weakens, invariably currencies around the world, especially currencies in emerging markets like we are, uh, strengthen. And it's weakened based on comments from the Fed who have expressed concern about the slowing U.S. economy and the fact that they will probably not be adjusting interest rates in, in the U.S. for the balance of this year. And, and a slowing U.S. economy causes concern around the world. It causes a weakening U.S. dollar. And the weakening U.S. dollar is... Uh, it's good for for rent strength. So, in terms of in terms of that, then um, I think the other big news at the moment is just the fact that our ratings in South Africa have more or less remained the same. Whether you're talking Fitch, S and P, and Moody's, um, actually just decided not to say anything and just um, remain yeah. dovish. Um, does this inspire any confidence going forward? Well, the answer to that is yes and no. Moody's, you're quite correct, Moody's did indeed keep us on, on the same rating as they have done for some time now. And um, and they came out a few days later with reasons why, and they have expressed concern, in inverted commas, about uh, ESCOM. I mean, we all know the, the situation with ESCOM and about the future of ESCOM. They've also expressed concern about the lack of growth in the country. But they are giving us yet another chance. I think that's the only way to describe <laughs> it. They, 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 they still believe that uh, our current president has some good, good economic plans. They are aware, of course, that there's an election coming up in less than a month. And if the ANC get back into power with, with the majority, the population are basically giving them a mandate to proceed with their economic reforms. And the ANC will then have five year, more years in government to see if they work. And what Moody's are effectively saying to us is, let's give it a chance. Let the elections go by. Let the, the economic reforms kick in. Let's see if this makes a difference in the country. Let's see if the plans regarding ESCOM um, kick in and, and we can improve that, that facility. And I think they, they've given us a chance to get things right. But if we don't, then without a doubt, there'll be a downgrade sometime either later this year or possibly early next year. <laughs> And then talking about something that is actually certain because uh, a lot of what Moody's is waiting for has is to be seen in the future. The performance of the markets, particularly the JSC, has actually been up this year. Uh, but what I wanted to perhaps get a sense from you is are we actually up in the markets or are we just coming off of such a low base that any movements up, we're counting them as, as a positive gains on the local boss? Well, the answer to the, again to those questions are, are both yes. We are we are coming off a low base. So the, the the local equity market went down, depending which index you look at. Um, but the all share index was down approximately twelve percent during twenty eighteen, and that's a big loss for 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 most people. And for those of us who had policies or unit trust funds or even shares directly in the market, we suffered some some serious losses last year. Um, at the moment, we're up approximately nine percent year to date. So we are still below where we were at the beginning of 2018. And all we are really doing, or all the market's really doing at the moment, is recovering 2018 losses. Yeah. And we are still way off. Well, well, not way off, but we're still about 5 or 6% off the record highs of the, of the JSE. So anybody who invested around February, March last year yeah. in an index tracking fund are probably still down by, by the tune of 4, 5, maybe 6%. So, yes, it, it's certainly good news that we've had a recovery and, we, and the losses haven't continued. But we are not where, where we believe we should be. We are certainly, the, the JSC as a local equity investment has not given the returns over the last three or four years that they have done historically. And the market is beginning to look a little bit undervalued. But you can also expect the market to tread water now over the next month or so. We, we've got a lot of public holidays coming up with Easter and the following long weekend, and of course the elections, I don't expect any major movements in the market for, for at least the next month. And then we'll see if we have peaceful elections and elections will go well and, and everything goes smoothly. Hopefully that will give the, the, the market some confidence going forward. Sir. So that was us. We're on the line with our financial expert, Ken Swettenham, t- telling us about the week's top trending business and economics news. And uh, the roundup is that the RAND is actually quite uh, strong at the moment, owing to dollar weakness um, in the U.S. And the market has been up 9%, but off of a low base as the market was down about 12% from 2018. And then the last thing is just the fact that Moody's has uh, kept us at the same rating and it will be waiting to see 
see what happens with the elections, with ESCOM and uh, the progressions of the economy through the year. So that's us in terms of our business wrap. On the other side of this, we get into our Buffalo Index where we let you know the state of your 100 Rand. Business Wrap with Ken Sweatman. The business buzz. It's time for us to get into our Buffalo Index as a part of the show. We will tell you the state of your 100 Rand. What can you do with 100 Rand today on the 11th of April 2019? And today, because we're talking about pitching your business to investors, getting your business idea across, getting your business plan understood by the people that have money, we decided that let's look at what it actually means to have a professional putting together your business plan. So in the United States, I thought I'd start on a global tip because I think it's really nice to see where we actually stand in the world. And a professional business plan consultant will generally charge between 3,000, which is around 42,000 rand uh, or 420 buffaloes, and uh, around uh, 15,000 US dollars, which is 210,000 rand or 2,100 buffaloes. So for about 2,100 buffaloes, you can get a complete business plan, although there are some cases where you might get as much as, uh, as, as 700,000 rand and or 7,000 buffaloes might actually be justified. Let me say that again. In the U.S., if you want a proper professional business plan consultant to do your things, then it's going to cost you between 42,000 rand and uh, around 210,000 rand, which may escalate up to 700,000 rand, depending on what you're looking at. And uh, the low one actually accounts for simple businesses. Uh, such as having a pizza shop or a retail store uh, or a hairdressing or hairdressing salon. Uh, but if your business plan actually involves new or complicated technology, unusual or multiple revenue streams, or requires significant investment capital, you should expect the fees to be on the higher end. Yeah, I just had to give a moment of silence because 700,000 rand just for a business plan is quite extreme. But in South Africa, you know, coming back to the motherland, uh, a startup plan is normally needed for new businesses that require less than a million rand in funding. And this is usually the most common type of plan that most entrepreneurs use. And that's usually about 25 to 35 pages uh, together with some financials, some numbers, some accounting things included. And that actual plan can actually be used for more than just raising funds and it can actually be used for other things, proof of concept um, and other types of investors, you know. And such a plan will actually cost between um, three and a half thousand rand or 35 buffaloes and 6,000 rand, which is about 60 buffaloes with many business plan and consulting services throughout South Africa. It is quite shocking to see and hear what the difference is uh, are between where South African business plan consultants are sitting um, versus where the U.S. business plan um, consultants are sitting. But I guess also it also depends on the extent to which someone wants to get into business. As you heard, the South African, uh, I just gave you for, if you're looking for around a million rand in funding, which is uh, around 80,000 U.S. dollars. So imagine if you're looking, if you're one of those people that wants to start the next Facebook and have a billion dollar, 10 billion rand valuation, how much you're going to be paying for a business plan so that's it in terms of our buffalo index for today that's the state of your 100 rand on the 11th of april on the other side of this we actually get into actually pitching your business and we're going to be hearing from some experts around how you can get it done keep it locked this is the business buzz on the business buzz we're talking pitching to investors. We're talking communicating your business ideas. We're talking how to get your business plan across and actually get you the money. So uh, you can let us know if you've ever pitched your business ideas, if you've ever received any type of funding, whether it's government, whether it's public sector funding, whether you've been to one of those shows um, where you actually get to pitch your ideas, you can let us know. On Facebook, we have our FM, that's Voice of Vits, and you can also find our other Facebook page, that's the Vits Radio Academy. 
On Twitter, we're at VioFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. So for today, as I said, we are talking about what it means to actually get and communicate your business ideas across to investors. And on the line, we are joined by Clint Cook, who's going to be letting us know um, some of the ins and outs and ways that a person can actually um, get the money uh, because uh, pitching your business is very important. Um, Clint is um, executive at the Research Institute uh, for Innovation and Sustainability, which actually runs the South Africa Innovation Summit. How are you, Clint? Oh, I'm good, thanks, and you? Oh, fine, thank you. Um, please could you just uh, give us uh, just a little bit of background um, just around yourself, the Research Institute for Innovation and Sustainability, as well as the work that you guys are doing um, with the SA Innovation Summit? Yeah, sure. Um, well, firstly, thanks for the opportunity to, to have a chat to, yeah. to you and, uh, and to all your listeners. So just to give you a bit of background, uh, I, I've been involved in software and product development for the last 18, 20 years, yeah. um, pre-internet and, and post-internet, uh, primarily in banking and telecommunications. And the organization that I'm with now, Reese, uh, it focuses on building out innovation ecosystems in, across the entire industry. So we, we try and create the environment for innovators and startups to be able to pitch, to be able to invest, to be able to run startups and to actually uh, get out there and, and make a change, make a difference yeah. in, in both South Africa and the world. Yeah. So our, our founder is a lady by the name of Dr. Audrey Farhacha. She founded, she also founded the SA Innovation Summit. She built the research and um, kind of helped pioneer something called Open Innovation Challenges in South Africa, mm. which is helping companies uh, and organizations which have problems that they can't solve in-house to find solutions from experts around the world. So large organizations, you know, they, they sometimes they've got problems that they can't solve themselves. So we would find solutions for them by collaborating and by innovating around the world. We've worked in just about every industry from underground and mining all the way to, through to space, so mm. from below ground to space, from agriculture to industry. Uh, and a large part of that is working with organizations to identify startups that have got potential solutions, and then often to train and mentor those startups around their business model, their product, their services, and then to try and bring them together to with potential investors. I must say that the Innovation Summit also runs a fantastic matchmaking program where they bring startups and businesses together with potential investors. <laughs> I was going to ask what you meant by matchmaking. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, sometimes the, the innovation summit is run uh, like a speed dating kind of thing, where they've actually given in, uh, potential startups the opportunity to literally for like two minutes pitch their idea to an investor. Yeah. And they run more complicated matchmaking sessions where beforehand you actually put forward, you know, this is my business. Here's a, a brief presentation of our business, and then the innovation summit actually then goes out, finds investors that are potentially interested, and then sets up meetings for you at the Innovation Summit that you sit down. And those can be anywhere from five, 10 minutes to half an hour or an hour. So there's a lot of matchmaking that, that happens around that. Uh, just on the Innovation Summit, there's the Innovation Summit's been running for, I think, eight, eight almost 10 years now. Yeah. It's probably it's the largest summit related around innovation in Africa. Mm. And every year, the, the team does a fantastic job of bringing together multiple streams. So, for example, last year they were very focused on smart cities. Yeah. This year they're doing a lot of work around agri yeah. um, and agriculture. I mean, as you can imagine, food security and agriculture in South Africa is, is, a, is a huge thing. We need to make sure we, everyone has enough to eat. Mm. So it's about looking to the future of how we can ensure that the, the, the people of the country have enough healthy food to eat. And stuff like that, the Innovation Summit, that's a really phenomenal uh, event. Now, I can imagine that given all your your experience in talking about um, different industries from mining to space and you're talking about having this summit um, going on for eight to ten years now, I'm sure that there are different kinds of investors um, that you are introducing 
your the, the the various startups that you're mentoring um to so could you just give your our listeners just a just a run through of uh what are the different types of investors that are out there because i think you all we often hear words like um angel investors um venture venture capitalists we often hear about rounds of funding and things like that so could you give us some insight on that yeah sure uh, so, so there's a whole range of investors um, yeah there's an old saying your first round of funding is usually from from friends and family yeah uh, and and often your your own funds it's you know you you're bootstrapping yourself um it's often your own savings or your salary uh, and other friends and family you believe in your vision uh, if i take through more formal investors uh, you have what's known as angel investors um they are usually individual who, for whatever reason, want to invest in startups. They usually invest small amounts of money into the venture, mm. helping kickstart the business. And they normally invest in early stage companies. So companies that are still in a concept or a concept or an idea phase. Uh, and it's, it's very much about being an angel to help a small company get, get going. Uh, and they often actively invest in multiple startups. So they might be investing across five or six different um, companies at the same time. And a key function behind angel investors is that they should add strategic value to your company through mentoring advice and creating further opportunities by introducing you to other players. So, so that's a key thing for angel is they're meant to help you grow the business through being able to introduce you to other people or organizations. Yeah, kind of open doors for you, help you to grow the business. Yeah. Uh, often angel investors will get together as a group and they create their own investment pool and an example of that in Joburg is uh, Josie Angel. So it's a group of angel investors, they pull their money together and then they look for opportunities. Yeah. Uh, as you move up the, the, the kind of ladder, you get to venture capitalists and that's normally what everyone hears about, VC. <laughs> so they range from small firms all the way through to massively large organizations. They manage money uh, on other people's behalf so uh, they will get a fund of, let's say, 10 million rand from mm. various investors, or 100 million rand um, from a, a whole lot of other investors. And they will actively seek out companies and startups that they can invest in. Uh, and they're pretty, they do a lot of due diligence. They do a lot of investigation to make sure that the business opportunity is growing. And they also usually invest into companies that are really slightly established. So a little bit different here in South Africa versus, let's say, the U.S. The U.S., the, the, they're willing, there's a lot more money floating around. There's a lot more market opportunities. So there in the U.S., they're often willing to invest in slightly smaller businesses. Here in South Africa, they want to see you've got some traction. You've got you know, at least a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand clients, and you're actually turning over money and, and you give it. Ultimately, their goal is to get a return on investment. That's what they want. So they're, they're very focused on the finances and making sure that your business can grow. Uh, and then the, the next uh, investor class is what's called corporate venture capital. And corporate venture capital is with large companies or organizations will actually become involved in early stage investment yeah. and vision within the, in the company. Uh, and they might do this for their own strategic advantage because they want to get a, a leg up on, on another company or they might diversify the, they want to diversify the company's interest. Look, a good example of this is, uh, is a Japanese telecoms company called SoftBank. Yes, yes, um, yes. They've got approximately 600 million US dollars in their, in their yeah. fund to invest. Yeah. That's uh, huge. Locally, you've got other corporate venture capital like SAB Foundation. Um, they're not there to make money from it. They're there to return an impact and to make sure that, that um, the businesses they're investing in do good for the country. So for our listeners who might have the next big idea in their heads, um, what are some of the things that investors at, at, at any level, whether angel up to corporate, are, are looking at when they hear ideas? And how can people giving their ideas or trying to communicate their ideas, if they uh, do it in an effective way um, that someone is then better placed or more willing and able to then give them the, the funding that they're looking for? Sure. I'm going I'm to do this quickly in two, two sections here. Um, okay. One is the, the investor is going to look at a whole range of factors um, on the business. Remember that for most cases, the investor is looking at a return. They want their money back with a profit. Yeah. The first couple of things they're going to look at is, is this a good fit for me as the investor? 
if I invest in financial startups, do I really want to invest in advertising or a biotech startup? I don't know enough about the industry. So they might, you might be talking to the wrong person. So you need to understand what space they play. That's one of the things they would look at. Other thing they would look at is what stage is the startup? You know, is it an early stage? Is it late stage? Is it a second round of funding? Is the company, does it already have 100 employees? Uh, has it already got doing 10 million rand in business? So they would consider that. A um, couple of key things that they're going to look at is what are you selling or doing? What is your product, your service? That's absolutely critical. And then linked to that, is there a market for your product or service? So are there people actually willing to pay for the product? So Facebook or Instagram are good examples here. Um, they let us as, the, as people use the product for free, but they sell our data, you know, what we look at, what we're interested in, what we browse to advertise it. So they're actually selling the product they're actually selling our data to. So their business model is to sell advertising, mm. not to give us a nice, uh, you know, a bunch of like, uh, information. <laughs> and, and, and so when they're selling it to investors, they're selling, look at the advertising that we're able to sell. We're not selling a Facebook feed or a messenger feed. We're selling advertising to people. So they're selling ads. Um, you know, coming back to what investor looks for, they also look at who's the founding team. Uh, what is experience or knowledge do, do the founders have in, in the business? Uh, you know, if you're going to be looking at a business using drones to map out farmland, then the investor is going to say, well, how much experience do you have with drones? How much software development experience does your team have? You yeah. know, what algorithms are you guys able to do? You need to, have, you need to convince them that you've got the experience, at least some experience, because we you know, we're all starting from somewhere. But the underlying argument is that if the team doesn't have strong experience or strong management skills, it's kind of risky for the investor. Because again, I don't know if these people are going to be able to do it. And then, can I, as the investor, work with the team? Remember, they're going to be quite involved in your business. And if you and I don't get along, it also means I don't know if I want to invest in you or you and me. Yes. So there's, there's, there's also a bit of chemistry involved. You know, do we click? Do Does the team work? Do we speak the same language? That kind of stuff in yeah. terms of, uh, we're all motivated. Um, in terms of what you're trying to pitch to them, you're busy putting forward what is the value proposition of my product or service? Who are my customers? How am I going to reach my customers? What is my distribution strategy? Uh, if I've got a physical product, who's, it going to, who's going to manufacture it? Where is it going to be manufactured? If I've got a digital product, what are the development costs? Where are you going to host it? Uh, how often are you going to update it? And, you know, privacy and data is a huge thing now. So. How are you going to secure people's data? These are all things that the investor is going to look at when you're busy pitching. Uh, is there competition out there? Who else is doing what you want to do? Uh, you know, uh, there's, for example, there's a really, really great book called uh, Red Ocean, Blue Ocean, mm. which talks specifically about competition and, and how to, to understand the market in which you play. What are the finances of your business? Um, what, and as an investor, what potential exits are there? You know, how am I going to be able to sell my stake in the business and make yes. my money in, in, the, in a number of years? In terms of, of presenting the idea or pitching the idea to the investors, that's also, that, that depends because it depends on where you meet them. Is it a formal event or are you like at a bar or you're at a bar, you know, or you meet them in casually? Uh, there's a great approach that, that we use and um, that we, we tell people to, to practice. It's called 530300. 530300. Yeah, 5, 30, 300. It stands for 5 seconds, 30 seconds, or 300 seconds. So 5 seconds is I literally have 5 seconds to tell you what my business is. We connect people to each other. We sell cars online. That's it. I've got 5 seconds to, to hook you with how awesome my product is. 30 seconds is what's traditionally called an elevator pitch. Mm. Right? It's where you're, you're with someone and you have 30 seconds. So here you can go into a little bit more detail. We're selling this to these people in this way, this is how much money we can make and this is why it's going to be awesome. You've got like 30 seconds to talk to them, get their interest, and hopefully they, they want to discuss more with you. And 300 seconds is basically five minutes. There you can go into more detail. You can get stuck into you know, your finances or your customers or your marketing strategy. And the idea behind 5, 30, and 300 is to get you to get the investor more interested in what you're doing so that you can set up more time with it. Because then you can move into things like a, you know, a formal presentation where you could have anywhere from five minutes to an hour. 
the more time you go into, the more detailed investors going to want to see. But the key thing is you want to actually get more face time with them. And there you come prepared with a business plan or a pitch deck, and there you can actually get stuck into the detail. Because, you know, in 30 seconds, there's only so much you can tell. <laughs> um, and and you also don't want to trip, you don't want to trip over your words. You don't want to, like, rush into them. So you want to practice this. And this is one of the other things that we, a lot of the, the training that we do is you've got to practice your pitches over and over again. You'll stand in front of the mirror. You've got to practice with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, your parents, whoever. You've got to refine it and tweak it until you can... As I can phone you at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and say, listen, uh, what's your pitch? And you've got to be able to rattle that off in 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, because that... It, what it also shows, it also shows to the investor, you understand your business, you've got confidence, you can talk, and look, these are difficult things. Right? I mean, public speaking and talking to strangers is, is never easy for most people. Um, and I appreciate that. It's just, it's practicing it and having the confidence and the vision to believe in yourself, that's also huge. Because this is one of the other things I've learned. I mean, I got rejected 200 times. <laughs> you hear no a lot. It's like, it's like really hearing no. You've got to get used to hearing no. And after a while, you, you, you go, okay, that's fine. It's not me. It, 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 let me just pitch to someone else. And, you get, and then after a while, you lose the fear of talking to, to, to strangers. Just pitch and make sure that you lose that fear. Remember that the SA Innovation Summit is actually hosting a number of pitching dens this year, of which two have already been formally announced. So definitely make sure you keep an eye on their website. Uh, all of which um, the submissions are actually all closing on the 3rd of June 2019. So thank you so much. That was us on the line with Clint Cook, who is an executive with the Research Institute for Innovation and Sustainability, giving us a roundup of what it means to actually effectively communicate your business idea to some investors uh, telling us the different types of investors that there are out there we had angel investors venture capitalists uh, corporate um, venture capitalists together with your friends and family and also just looking at what does it mean to communicate your idea what are the things that investors are looking at if you want to have a business that has drones mapping farmland what experience do you have with drones do you know anything about agriculture and these are just some of the things that you should be able to communicate depending on what your industry, your field of endeavor will be. So that was us on the other side of this. We hear more about a uh, an actual competition that you can actually be joining called uh, the Africa Netpreneur Prize. So definitely make sure you keep it locked. We'll be back. This is the Business Buzz. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. Business Buzz. We are talking business pitching. We just came from giving you some tips and tricks, but right now we want to maybe launch into an actual pitching competition that you can actually join. Um, the Africa Netpreneur Prize um, is actually in there right now, which is being done by the Jack Ma Foundation, and it was recently launched in Bryanston together with um, Gen Africa and 22 on Sloan. The prize is aimed at African entrepreneurs and constitutes um, a $1 million dollar prize our producer glory mabuza talks to jason powell who is jack ma's chief of staff and senior director at alibaba about the prize anyone looking to enter the search uh, for the african netpreneur prize um, can actually do that by the 30th of june let's hear what happened there could you please tell us more about the african netpreneur prize what is it about yeah, so the, the African Entrepreneur Prize is, um, is, is something that Jack himself personally uh, established after his first visit to Africa. Um, he, he was really impressed and inspired, actually, by some of the entrepreneurs that he met in Africa. Um, and the expectation was actually the opposite, which is that he was going to come to Africa to inspire with his story. Uh, he left after the first full day inspired back. And that really, I think, struck him at his heart. And he had this urgency. And this urgency was he knew he had to do something for entrepreneurs in Africa. Uh, he sees a lot of African, uh, entrepreneurs all over the world. The ones that he met had the fire, had the desire, you know, had this sort of pure purity to them that reminded him when he was young. Um, and, and that really moved him. Um, so where we are today is, is Jack has, has said, 
let's create an initiative here with local partners that we can identify from across the continent 10 of the best entrepreneurs. Whether you're from tech, non-tech, you could be in farming, you could be cutting hair for all we care. As long as you're a good entrepreneur and you have a strong mission. And what the prize wants to do is every year we want to take these 10 finalists and have them pitch. And we want to make it into a show. We want people to watch it. We want them to be remembered. Uh, we understand that a million dollars a year from Jackson Pocket, which is the prize money that he's going to give out, is not a lot of money for 10 entrepreneurs to split. What we think is probably the most important thing is can we shine a spotlight on the state of entrepreneurship across Africa so that the entire ecosystem pays attention, so that industry, government, civil society, women, children, everybody pays attention to what we think is the future opportunity of Africa, which is entrepreneurship. So this year, uh, we're kicking off our first year. Um, we've just uh, opened up applications today. And so over the next few months, we'll be accepting applications, reviewing them. And ultimately, in, uh, in November, we'll be hosting a grand finale event in Africa. Okay. So for a young entrepreneur who okay. is looking to apply for this kind of initiative, what would you say constitute a startup? Because some people mm -hmm. tend to think that I need to be operating for at least six months yeah. or 12 months to actually apply for this kind of initiative. What if I have a business idea mm. merely? How do I package it? How do I yes. present it yes. so that it's more palatable and it speaks into uh, the initiative? Yeah, no, thank you for asking this question. And let me do clarify. Um, we're looking to find existing heroes. And so we, we are looking for companies that have been around um, for about three years at least. Um, we, were, we are looking for companies, entrepreneurs that have started to make some money. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have gone through the pain and suffering and have survived the winds and the rains. Jack says it really nicely. Um, you know, we're not looking for the big, big trees out there, but what we're looking for are those blades of grass that have somehow managed to blow with the wind, take the rain, take the sun, but they still stand strong. And so those are the entrepreneurs that we're looking for in spotlighting in, in this initiative. Um, we like the number three, so we like to have and see entrepreneurs that have employees, they have co-founders, um, they have been in existence for a few years. They're showing some revenues. Um, we want to see companies that really have, have given it a good shot. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Um, okay, for the entrepreneur that actually goes through the, let's say, the screening phase and makes it into, let's say, the top 50, what is it that they can expect from the program and the initiative itself? Is it going to be an incubation hub of some sort? Is mm -hmm. it going to be a boot camp? Yeah, please, please give us an indication of what people can expect from the initiative. Yeah, so um, we, we are going to be hugely focused on the grand finale. Uh, so the final 10 that show up for the pitch competition. Uh, we will announce a top 50. And from the top 50, uh, we will go through a pretty rigorous process to get down to the 10. Uh, we, won't, we will not have a live semifinal event. Um, in terms of boot, camping, uh, uh, boot camps and, and training and the like, um, we're not sure yet. Let's see. Um, we think that the entrepreneurs that we identify um, hopefully have that capability already. Um, but in cases where uh, there needs to be some additional support, we may consider that. Okay, so my next question is that from the site, I saw something along the lines of the prize encouraging mm -hmm. mostly tech entrepreneurs in order to boost the, the digital economy. I think a general concern that people may have with 
this kind of entrepreneurship is that oh what does it mean for our traditional jobs mm-hmm. if we are moving and gravitating towards uh becoming a more digital economy mm-hmm. what happens to our mm-hmm. traditional way yeah. of doing things how is the prize going to address that? Is there a way yeah. in which the prize is going to address such uh, concerns about the fourth industrial mm-hmm. revolution? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the prize is targeted at traditional and non-traditional industries. So as, as much as we will encourage a tech entrepreneur, uh, we at the same time are absolutely encouraging traditional industry entrepreneurs, whether you're in farming, you could be a fisherman. You could be in a service industry. Um, we're encouraging everybody to apply. Because if, if you cut out traditional industry in Africa, you cut out most of the industry. Um, the second point, though, is I think it's very clear that the world and um, most countries are going to move to the digital economy. If you don't, if you don't move to the digital economy, you're left behind. Uh, and so when we talk in another three or four years, um, it should just be called the economy. There should not be actually a special term called the digital economy, or there shouldn't be anything called a tech entrepreneur. Um, so although we call it netpreneur prize, um, we think in a few years, there is no way you can do business without lo- using the internet. That's how strongly we believe in the power of technology. Um, and so why can't traditional industries in Africa leverage technology for them to reinvent themselves or for them to do better. Um, the concept of being Pan-African is, is, is a concept that's not uh, realized itself um, as I'm learning, as I'm going to different countries. But why can't technology help South Africans trade more with its neighbors? I mean, that immediately will open up markets. So again, the concept of technology in traditional industries, we think it's really hand in hand. Um, this prize is about entrepreneurship, period. And the way that we define it is not how I think it's defined in a lot of competitions you see today, where it's either on tech or it's on finance or it's on this or that. No, we're, we want to support entrepreneurs, period. My other question is, okay, so this is not the first initiative or maybe, let me say, funding platform that has been hosted by the Jack Ma Foundation or the Alibaba Business School. Mm. So there are also other initiatives like the eFounders Fellowship mm-hmm. Initiative, like mm-hmm. uh, from the guy who was mm-hmm. part of the panel, yeah. and there's the African Young Entrepreneurs Fund. Can you, can you please tell us more about each of the different initiatives and what mm. makes this prize different from the other ones that have already been sure. established? Sure. So first, I don't know what the Young Entrepreneur, African Entrepreneurs Fund is. It's probably some mix-up in the media, but that doesn't exist. Okay. Uh, so there, so when Jack, uh, let, me, let me go back to the beginning. Uh, Mr. Ma was asked to be an advisor to UNCTAD, the UN Conference on Trade and Development, uh, to advise on young entrepreneurs and small business. And in taking that role, we decided to do two things. We decided that Jack would support entrepreneurship around the world and that he would take his first trip to Africa. Uh, On his first trip to Africa, we decided we're going to launch two specific programs around entrepreneurship. One of them is now the eFounders program. And so what the eFounders program does is we partner with UNCTAD, the United Nations, to identify promising African entrepreneurs and we train them for free in Hangzhou, our headquarters in, in China, for about two weeks. And so we show them everything that we've done in China, the 20 years of mistakes, successes uh, across the entire digital economy in China, and have them take that back home. No strings attached. So today, that pers- uh, the gentleman on the, on the stage, Roy, he's come back and he's started changing his business based on what he saw and what he learned in China. Many of the e-founders do. So the e-founders for us is a way to really uh, open the eyes of African entrepreneurs to a place that's not terribly different. So the example is, there's a lot to learn from the United States on entrepreneurship. But when your infrastructure is near perfect, banking, electricity, infrastructure, uh, internet, legal, 
all these things. Sometimes it's tough to see that from, to relate to that from a developing country perspective. Um, China's come from nothing to where it is today in a span of probably about 10 years or so on the internet. And so we think we have some really compelling lessons that we can share that other developing countries might learn from. Not only Africa, we spend a lot of time in Southeast Asia and training those entrepreneurs as well. So that's what the eFounders program is. It's primarily on training and capacity building. Now, uh, the African Netpreneur Prize, which is led by the Jack Ma Foundation, is our first project that is operational outside of China. So the eFounders program, we do it in headquarters in China. This is our first attempt to do a long-term project uh, in Africa. And again, the idea is that how can we take a little bit of Jack's own personal money, but importantly, how can we create a network of partners across this continent um, that will support entrepreneurship on the long term? And that's really what we want to do. Hopefully, these 10 that we identify every year, those stories attract investors, they attract markets, they inspire others, and so we have sort of this groundswell. Hopefully the government listens too, and government starts to design policies for entrepreneurs. Um, and so th that's the difference between these two programs. Yeah. Okay. I want yeah. you to highlight, okay, you've already mentioned it uh, during the um, the, the, the discussion when we started the event that this initiative is unique to mm -hmm. Africa and it belongs to Africa mm -hmm. because some people have those reservations as yeah. to, okay, where are these business ideas going to and whatnot? Can you please yeah. just tell our listeners mm -hmm. how much this initiative actually belongs? Yeah, th th this prize, this initiative is, 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 is purely for Africa by Africans for Africans. And so when we went through the process of identifying how to do this the best way, um, we came to the conclusion there's no other way that we can do it by finding local partners. And, and that's why we spent a lot of time and effort to identify 22 on Sloan in Johannesburg, Rise Up in Cairo, Nine in Lagos, uh, Sinolu in DRC, and of course NILAB, our continental partner in Nairobi. We could have done it a different way. We could have said, let's just use a Jack Ma name, let's open up the applications on a website, apply. Um, we wanted this to be a grassroots effort, a grassroots African effort, so that we get the best local entrepreneurs that we can find. And, and Africans. Why African entrepreneurs? Well, I think, and I hear a lot about conspiracies about this, about that, uh, history, um, you know, holding people back. But look, this prize is, 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 this is the beauty of it. If you look at any other prizes out there, there's a commercial angle to it, um, either a bank or something else. All Jack wants to do is, is support the local ecosystem. So whatever these 10 entrepreneurs decide to do, it's totally up to them. We have no, we have no desire in directing them on how they should lead their future. I hope they do it in a good way. If they want to go to China, that's great. But I hope they don't, because there's so much to do in Africa. They, dish, they should do it for themselves, and they, they should do it for uh, their countries in the region. Um, the money that Jack's giving out are pure grants. We're not taking equity. We're not lending money. Um, we hope they spend the money responsibly, so hopefully we'll track it a little bit. Um, but this is purely for African entrepreneurs. Okay, thank you. So yes. in closing, this is the last question. Uh -huh. What are the two things that you think uh, applicants should be mindful of in order to make, make the application stand out? Yeah, thank you for, for asking that. Um, let's just put, a, put aside all the basics. I, I'm sure you're going to talk well about what your business is about, some of your metrics, but I really want to know what your values are as a company. Um, you know, what's going to keep you together when things get really, really tough, what's going to keep you together in year 20, in year 102? Um, the second thing is be genuine, be who you are. Um, we're asking that everyone submit videos, so we really want to see you in action, your business in action. Um, we want to know why your customers think you're so great. 
and uh, we want to know why your employees think you're so great too. Um, so hopefully we can see some of that. Uh, be genuine and, and just talk to us. We'd love to we want to see good stories. The, the business does. We've come to the end of the show. Thank you so much to everyone who was listening. Uh, thank you to all our guests. Um, we were told we just came from uh, giving you an interview that uh, we had with Jack Mars, uh, Chief of Staff and Senior Director at Alibaba. Uh, very interesting as they were launching their African Netpreneur Prize in Bryanston a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we also had a chance to talk to um, Clayton Cook, just giving us some tips and tricks on what it means to communicate your business ideas so for me personally i think um if you're going to have a business idea you need to find a way to communicate it uh, in a clear and concise way you need to first know and identify who the person that you're trying to target is because at the end of the day you don't need to have 10 investments um, from a bunch of people you just need that one person who believes in your idea and actually then takes you far so i honestly think that you should be able to know the type of person you want um to invest in your business and actually um, tailor it that way and when I say tailor I don't mean um, pretend or make it up so that it works out in your favor but more just along the lines of uh, making sure that you actually find someone you can identify with and someone who will understand your vision and also don't be afraid um, to say no sometimes because I know that uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs you just want the money uh, but in that spirit of desperation you might be um, giving up either too much equity too much control and uh, that it might not all work out in the end because you need to know that um i like the example that was given by clan around matchmaking uh, because it really solidifies the fact that you're sort of entering a sort of relationship with this person or this institution this entity that's going to give you money and it's going to be an ongoing thing so you need to actually make sure that you, these are people that you want to deal with so that's it uh, for the show remember that that you can uh, keep in touch with us on Facebook where have our FM that's Voice of Vits and you can also find our other Facebook page that's a Vits Radio Academy and then on Twitter we're at VowFM and then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz 0840784912 um, that is our WhatsApp line and you can also find podcasts of the Business Buzz show on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business so with that we've reached the end of tonight's show thank you so much to our technical producer and that's uh, Kotlano Serama and our our uh, executive producer that's Simba Honde together with our producer uh, Glory Mabuza. Don't miss the business bus same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. Next up on the VOFM lineup, we have Living Electro. Remember that uh, the business bus is sponsored by ABSA. For myself, Mudio Mob Justice Kavasa and the rest of the team, it's good evening and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. The Business Buzz Podcast.